0: Hey friends welcome back to another episode of in no hurry i'm your host cole douglas claiborne so happy to be back with you guys for another episode the music that you're hearing is from my good friend ryan allwart please make sure that you go check out his music and support him he was kind enough to create the music that we use each week for the show so please make sure that you go check out his music let him know that you're enjoying hearing it each week on the show Hey, it's always fun when you can have friends on the podcast and this week I got to have my good friend Lauren Salyer on to talk about the art of wedding photography and the discipline that it takes to run and sustain your own business. Really, since about the time she was in college, Lauren has been running her own wedding photography business and not just wedding photography, but engagement shoots, couple shoots, all sorts of photography. In fact, she shot our engagement photos, wedding photos, Christmas card photos pretty much every year that we have done them. Pretty much anytime that we need photos, we call Lauren. And she is truly one of the most talented people that I know. And Emily and I have gotten to become really good friends with Lauren and her husband, Tyler. So I'm so excited to have her on to not only talk about creativity and that kind of stuff, but also her faith journey. She's just got such a great story uh, from being a teenage mother, uh, you know, to, to where she's at now in her life and just hearing her maturation process and what she's learned about God and how that has intersected with her work was really cool. And so I'm really excited to bring this conversation to you guys and let her share her story. So thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy this conversation with my good friend, Lauren Salyer. Hello. You nervous?
1: Oh yes, I'm very nervous.
0: Why are you nervous? You talked to me a ton of times. You shot photos at my wedding. We've hung out. It's just me. You're just talking to me.
1: I know. It just feels weird to hold a mic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lauren, um, is this is this busy time for wedding photos right now, or what? What's kind of your schedule like right now? I know that you know we got married in the winter, but what is this? What is this time like for you in terms of shooting wedding photos and stuff?
1: I mean, it's different every year for sure. Um, This past year 2019 I had several winter weddings and so right now my plate is a little full as far as editing goes but um, as far as weddings go my first one isn't until March so I've got some time to catch up Um, not very many winter weddings happen in Joe not July sorry January and February more at the end of the year um as far as winter weddings go
0: when i was uh like when i was trying to think of like who we want to shoot our wedding i asked several people and obviously going to western Kentucky i knew a lot of photographers every single person recommended you like every single person recommended you and they were like oh lauren gifford you got to go with lauren like alex slitz one of the most talented people i've ever worked with was like oh you gotta you gotta have lauren gifford that's shocking yeah like so you have built this reputation here and. South Central Kentucky in the region, I mean, are you aware of that? Or, like, do you – I mean, obviously you get a lot of bookings, but, like, everybody wants – everybody wants Lauren Gifford, now Lauren Sayer to shoot their photos.
1: I honestly didn't – I mean, I know Alex very well. And I knew that he thought highly of me because he's said so to me many times. And that's, like, really such an honor for those people that went through the – photojournalism program at Western to even say that because, I mean, it's just such a great program and there's so many talented people that go to school there. And to hear that really warms my little heart.
0: Well, we were pleased with our photos, obviously. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm so fascinated by the process of shooting a wedding because I think there are a lot of people that don't understand Really, how much goes into it because a lot of people think that you show up, you're just shooting pictures. A lot of people, I don't know if you've run into this, but I'm guessing a lot of people don't understand why you might charge what you know the rate that you charge, and they might think it's expensive, and then they might hire somebody else who may not do a good a job. From somebody that is a professional wedding photographer, you know, you've got a different outlook on this. And we were obviously, we didn't want to skimp on the photos or even the video aspect of it because that's the things that you that you remember. And I've heard people talk about this too, where they regret not hiring somebody that was a really good wedding photographer. And it's not just showing up with a camera and shooting photos. There is a process to it. What is exactly your process and how do you kind of make sure that you capture the day for that specific couple? Cause every couple probably has different needs that they want.
1: For sure. And like what's really important to me. And I think the couples that hire me is like we work together before the day even starts like we build up a rapport and like a relationship before the wedding day because I need to know what they want Mm -hmm. and they need to know that they've entrusted me with this day and like they can actually trust me to get what they want and even more than Mm -hmm. they want they did they don't even know yet and um so, I mean, like, talking constantly in emails or meeting in person and making people feel comfortable um, before the day comes is really, like, one of the the biggest pieces of the puzzle, in my opinion. Um, because, like, every couple is different and every wedding is different. And, I mean, yes, there are things that I shoot every time, but maybe the couple isn't really that into getting their wedding suite photographed or yeah. their invitations. And like, they really want to focus on, um, what people call like, look, look the portraits beforehand. And like, if it's important for you to do that, then maybe we need to introduce the first look mm-hmm. or maybe like you're super traditional and you're not interested in that. And that is okay too. Like, so really just getting a vibe for the couple, because everyone is different in what they want and what they need. And every day is different, every wedding.
0: How long have you been shooting wedding photos?
1: I mean, I shot my very first wedding, was my cousin's wedding in Putin bay Ohio, <laughs> um, in like 2006, I want to say.
0: Okay, so here's my question. You've been involved with weddings for a... Almost 15 years now. What I, I'm, I'm so curious about. Like, obviously, we know now. Like, there's a lot of different trends that are like really popular with weddings. What have what has been like the biggest change in trends from when you started to where it's at now? Especially in terms of like what are brides, and probably not so much grooms, but what are brides wanting that maybe you didn't see whenever you first started it, and how is that how has that adjustment been in terms of like trying to keep up with those trends?
1: I mean, when I. First shot that wedding, I had no idea what I was doing, for sure, because I was like, I want to get into this business because, like, I saw myself, like, I loved the photojournalism program, but for my lifestyle as a single parent, I knew that, like, I could not work at a newspaper or magazine with those kind of hours and, like, actually provide for my family in that way but i loved learning through that program mm-hmm. and i took away like so many so much knowledge from like the wonderful teachers there and the students and like to help me in this business and when i first got started like things were so different like it was mostly posed pictures after the ceremony mm-hmm. And, like, that's really what all people wanted. Like, even when my sister got married, like, she's been married around 20 years. And, like, I can remember everything was taken with a flash. Mm-hmm. Everything was posed. There were no, like, candids. And so, like, that's really what I've seen change over the years is people's interest in candid pictures at their wedding. hmm Um, and like that, it was just non-existent when I first started.
0: How much of that do you think is like due to the rise of social media, particularly Instagram, because, you know, everybody wants to show off how great their wedding is. I mean, I'm guilty of that. Like we love our wedding photos and love showing those off, but you know, you've got people that that's, that's kind of like a big part of what they are looking for when they get their photos. They want photos that they can share Instagram that are super, super appealing. You know, how much has social media changed your approach to shooting these things? Not just weddings, but you do engagement shoots, you do couple shoots, you do, I mean, for us, like you do our Christmas card photos, like you do all kinds of stuff that I probably, I would guess social media has probably increased your amount of business that you've done.
1: Oh, for sure. And I think it started with Facebook because like everyone was uploading albums yeah, and like that was like unheard of for you to see like someone's full wedding album, like somewhere on the internet, like no one did that. You didn't see people's photographs unless you went to their house and saw their wedding album. And so I think the rise in that and people seeing other people's weddings and how they were being shot and then this huge trend of just people wanting more than like 50 posed photos. They wanted like hundreds of images of that special day so they could remember every single piece of it Mm -hmm. like i'm sure that my sister's wedding photographer didn't show up until like 10 minutes before she got married but like now people want like full day coverage you were at
0: the place before i was even there (laughs) (laughs)
1: like 12 hours you know and i think like we're getting like a little bit um away from that like full day coverage as much because like i think i'm learning and other wedding photographers are learning that they can capture everything that you need without being there all day yeah unless you want to you know pay for it yeah for sure yeah. But i think people are you know learning more about how to do that better for couples without you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: being there all day and having to charge them like Ridiculous amount of money. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I certainly feel this way, and I know a lot of people I've heard have felt this way that maybe they didn't hire somebody who was as good at what they were doing in terms of shooting a wedding. You can tell, at least I'm not necessarily me. I'm saying you like you personally can probably tell when somebody doesn't know what they're doing when they're shooting a wedding. And why not to like trump like toot your own horn here, but like in your own words why do you feel like it's important for somebody to really do their research on who they're hiring as a wedding photographer? Cause I think there's a lot of people that they want to cut corners at their wedding and they might hire, like they have a cousin who has a nice camera, but like it's different than just walking around shooting photos of what's going on. I mean, there's a huge process to it. There's an art to it. You know, like I guess this is kind of a two part question, you know, why, why should people invest in hiring a good wedding photographer and then like you know what is it that somebody who's been doing it like with your own, you know, with your eye, what do you notice and see at these events that like you make sure you want to capture that kind of stuff to you? kind of a hard question, but like basically, um, you know, why should people put stock into this and how can you tell that it's like that somebody is legit instead of just somebody that has a camera?
1: Yeah, I mean, someone was literally telling me this on Saturday night, like they were like, I was so disappointed in the route that we took.
0: Because it's memories that you can't, I mean, you can keep the memories, but like the photos are like visual, like physical memories. That's all
1: you have to look back on. Like that and video. I mean, you don't have anything else. I mean, yes, you get your wedding dress steamed and keep it in your closet for years and get it out and try it on if you want. But like there's nothing else that you can have that remembers or that you can look back and remember that special day and um like people say that all the time like you said they regret not spending that money because you're investing so much in everything else that day Mm -hmm. and those other things are definitely important but like it is so important that you get someone who knows what they're doing I mean because so much happens in a wedding day you can't think about how your camera works or how um what settings your camera goes on or or if you need flash here or where to put your subject like all those things have to come second nature to right. you Yeah, and like going to school and and learning and i mean even i'm learning today like i try to purchase workshops online and 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 keep learning as i'm growing my business and 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 go to workshops and learn from other photographers like it's so important to like keep learning as you're going so all those things come second nature and when you're in a really dark room and your bride's getting ready and you're like the lighting in here is terrible but I've got to make it work yeah you you have to know how to work your camera yeah like it's not just your body
0: you know when i went into journalism school i was guilty of that like man photography's got to be easy all you do is press a camera press a button (laughs) but then i took photo classes (laughs) and i realized no you have to understand how a camera works how it how it reacts to different lighting different settings different subjects there is such like knowledge you have to have to be able to control and command your camera it's not just pressing a button and yeah i mean in, in the absence of a wedding planner oftentimes you assume a lot of those roles as the photographer because even the videographer is following your lead so you really have to be on top of it especially if there is no wedding planner like we didn't have a wedding planner because we just didn't feel like it was necessary for us yeah. but you know in that instance it was kind of like we're following your lead and you kind of have to know like okay now we've got to do this photo and this photo and then like like emily and i we didn't see each other before the wedding so that throws in a different wrinkle whereas like for you you can plan like, okay, they want to do a first look. We got this shot that we can do. Um, But then like you have these different requests that other uh, couples have and you kind of have to roll with it. And you know, when like for us on our wedding day, the last thing we want to have to worry about is logistical stuff. And so like you're like, you did a great job for us. And I just, I felt like that was so important for us. And I just, I don't know. I mean, you're, what is your take on that too? Just in terms of like, you sometimes have to be in charge of things and people are looking to you for direction. so that kind of adds another layer of like, you really got to be on top of what you're doing.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like I always like, if there isn't a wedding planner or even if there is, like I have to work with whoever to make a timeline. Basically. Like I feel like the photographer is definitely in charge of the timeline because I know how long it takes to do these kinds of pictures. So like, Portraits of just the bride and groom or portraits of the family. Well, how many family members do you have? How big is your wedding party? Like you have to basically set up the timeline with the bride and groom or with um, the event um, planner. Um, And that falls on our shoulders because sometimes there's not always a videographer. And if there is, then um, usually they are just coming in behind you to get video of whatever you're doing. So like I'm still setting up the shots Mm -hmm. and um, setting up the details and making the timeline. But the videographer is working alongside me um, to capture those moments as well.
0: Yeah. I had Jake Triplett on my show in episode three and he shoots a lot of what he's a videographer that shoots a lot of weddings. And he was talking on his own podcast And I really had, like, I had never thought of it this way, but, like, he's talking about, like, he has to know, like, he's constantly communicating with the photographer to know where she's going to be, what lens she's shooting with, so he knows what lens that he can shoot with so that they're not in each other's photos. Like, I'd had no idea that this level of communication and thinking and strategy was going on between the two people. Um, I guess from that perspective, you know, how has that process been for you and how do you specifically work with videographers or anybody else that's doing, I I don't, I don't know what other sort of creative outlets are usually at weddings, but like for us, we had a videographer at our wedding, you know, I don't know what the dialogue was like with you and him. And obviously you usually have a second shooter. They have a second shooter. What is that process like in terms of communicating with each other to make sure that you guys are kind of working as a team and still being able to get your own individual shots? And I guess on top of that like what are some other things that go into shooting a wedding that maybe the average person doesn't realize that a good photographer is doing and kind of shows that they know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I mean like so I would say that throughout the day most of the communication and and teamwork really that I am working with a videographer It's pretty simple. Like, I get the shot, and then I move out of the way, so he gets the shot or she gets the shot, and then the most difficult part of the wedding is the ceremony, and so we have to make sure that, like, when I'm shooting her coming down the aisle and he's shooting her coming down the aisle, we can't redo that, or I can't get some, and then he gets some, and then, like... We have to make sure that we place our bodies specifically so he's not in my shot and I'm not in his shot. Yeah. Um, and even with second shooters too, like it's, it's a difficult balance that you have to, to make. So you please your couples. Yeah. Um, and like, for instance, like uh, we shot a wedding, uh, me and a second shooter of mine in St. Louis And there was four of us and like, it was like pretty difficult, like to get everything that we needed because it was, I should probably start over. I feel like I've lost myself. (laughs) (laughs) When we shot The Wedding in St. Louis, it was difficult for us to make sure that we weren't in each other's shots. And it was something that we really had to do to work together Mm -hmm. or, you know there was going to be 15 people who were standing up with a big camera. Like that's not what a bride and groom want in their pictures. And so it's important for us to work together.
0: Speaking of people with cameras and shots, how, I mean, we were very big on not having, we did not want anybody at the ceremony to have a camera. And I personally wanted to make an announcement about that. And our pastor was like, look, you can't do that because like if it means something to somebody, like trust me, it's not, a, it's not worth it to make a big deal out of it. But like when you're putting together a photo, like you're trying to to create an image and you've got somebody in their cell phone is in it and it kind of ruins it. I mean, like from your perspective, I'm curious about this from a photographer's perspective. Uh, like I, cause I talked to Jake about this during his, whenever he was on my show too. And uh, he said, it's always like some older person that like, has some big, huge phone. They don't even know how to use it, and it's just like that to me is gotta be irritating. If you're if you've got a really great image and then you look and it's like somebody's leaning over or their um, you know, their bright cell phone is out. I mean, you can't be like so in their face about it. But like, you know, as a photographer, what is your thought on that? Where like everybody's got a cell phone and everybody feels like I want to capture this, especially with vertical video. Oh, don't even get me started on vertical video. But like, people will take sit, sit there and take vertical video, and like personally, like. I'm not going to look at your cell phone video or photo when I'm hiring somebody with professional cameras. Like I'm hiring these people paying them thousands of dollars to shoot our wedding. Probably not going to look at your cell phone photo. So I guess from a, from a photographer's standpoint, how much of that aspect in terms of everybody having a cell phone ever being on social media, maybe even they want to live stream a wedding, like how much does that affect what you do as a photographer?
1: I mean, it, it really only comes to play really in the ceremony. And it is difficult because um, yeah, the
0: reception's a little different. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's fun, like people taking pictures and yeah. video, and
0: like that's a little bit more acceptable. I feel
1: like for sure, it's just hard um, because those people to me, what gets me is like the mindset behind the people that are actually taking the photograph or the video. Like, it's like a it's a selfish thing that I feel like they want to be able to post something that they were at this wedding. So everyone knows. Yeah, And like, that's the part that really trips me up because I am trying to do my best to capture these moments for the people that are, who have hired me with their money that they've worked really hard for. And, and I'm trying my very best to do the best job I can. And I can't really, when it comes down to it, tell that person to put their phone away Um, while the bride is walking down the aisle. That is the most important moment. And it's the one that everyone tries to capture with their cell phone. Mm -hmm. And I have tons of photographs of Aunt Betty in the front row with her large cell phone out with trying to capture the bride walking down the aisle. And it's come to a... I mean, you just have to shoot what you can. Um, I hate it for that couple because I don't... It's just not something that makes the image better. It it, it definitely takes away from the image. Yeah. Um, and you do your best to, to crop that person out. And But I wish that more people would just before they do it because I think that it is just a, they want to take the picture they want to post it and I would just encourage those people to like just take a second and like live in that moment and like let the photographer who's been hired capture it mm-hmm. and if you really want a picture of the bride walking down the aisle email the bride yeah. and I'm sure she'll be happy to share exactly. that photo with you
0: exactly I guess just what are some trends that you wish would kind of go away from weddings? <laughs> that's a loaded question, but like I'm sure there's a lot of things that like maybe um, are sort of cringy that like you kind of wish you could just be like, maybe you don't do that. That kind of stuff. I don't know. What's something that you noticed that um, maybe you think you've been asked to shoot that you're kind of like, that's not really cute, but you know, you got to yeah. go with what the people say they want.
1: True. Um, I I wish that There's so many. (laughs) I feel like, uh, large wedding parties are pretty difficult. And I wish that people focused more on having a small wedding party. Mm -hmm. And, um, because really like to me and I feel like Couples really want to take away, like, really great portraits of themselves and their significant other that they can keep forever. And it kind of gets mundane to shoot, post pictures of each one of your bridesmaids and each one of your groomsmen, especially when there's so many, because that takes away from or can take away from images of just you and your partner and I wish that people and brides and I try my best to um tell them how important that that part of the day is um and I wish that um more people saw it in that way yeah so I guess like huge wedding parties is like kind of a I mean, I, I understand if you have a lot of friends and you want them to celebrate, yeah. then Like that's fine. And if it's really important to you, then it's really important to me. But like, to me, I feel like where I do best is when I'm just photographing the couple. yeah. Um, just the two of you all and me. And we're working on intimate moments that you all can have yeah. forever.
0: If you go to Spencer's here in Bowling Green, you'll see all kinds of photos that you've taken. And it's landscape stuff it's you know nature all that kind of stuff what is your favorite stuff to shoot photos of i mean obviously like you've shot photos of emily and i every single year pretty much for christmas cards or engagement photos or whatever the case is but and i I know that you love doing couple shoots but you know i guess aside from that if that is your favorite thing what else do you like what else are your favorite things to shoot and why i guess yeah
1: um I mean, that would be my favorite for sure. It's just me and the couple. Um, I feel like that that's where I succeed the most. Um, And I love doing it that way because mostly, like not so much like even the wedding day, but like engagement or anniversaries or um, it it just gives us a time to really slow down and like we really get to – manipulate more of like the scene and mm-hmm. we can have more control and I feel like especially like I shot um, one of my really close friends we took they took an anniversary trip to Savannah and we made like a styled shoot out of it almost. you went day. down to Savannah with them Yeah and it that's was right like, when
0: I went for our first anniversary. <laughs>
1: that city is beautiful and we really like got to make these memories together and like that's one of my favorite shoots like because I got to travel like yeah for me travel photography is like a big thing as well like yeah I want to travel like as much as I can and I really love taking my film camera when I go because to me that makes it even more enjoyable. Like I can take a picture and forget about it. I send that film off and I get it back. And it's like, I remember everything that we did and I see these images and I'm like, Oh wow. Like how wonderful is to have this film image of like our travels somewhere. And like, if that involves a couple or just like the city or, the ocean, just whatever, really. Yeah. Like That's probably travel plus film plus couples. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so take a couple to a beach and shoot the photos on film. All right. Exactly. So next time that Emily and I go on a vacation, if we go to a beach, we'll hit you up, take you with us. Perfect. Bring your film camera. Can't wait. <laughs> um, Already done. There we go. We actually do want to go to San Diego. So <laughs> okay. that would be – we're talking about going to San Diego or um, – we talked about maybe going to like Vermont for the fall. Oh wow, yeah. Cuz we want to be like that super is such basic. An Emily thing. Yes. <laughs> well, we've gone to Brown County, Indiana the last 2 years and we've gone there like a week or two, just a week or two too late. to see the true fall fall colors yeah Yeah. and it it really is a pretty area we just have missed it we just but we just missed it and this year we didn't really have much of a fall anyway it was like a week long till till the colors went away so i told her out and like we've done the you know once you've gone to brown county once or twice it's kind of like well okay we don't really need to go back and i was just like spitballing and i was like we should go to vermont and of course she's like Oh my gosh. Yes. Let's go to Vermont. <laughs> of course. So who knows? We definitely do want to go to San Diego because I just, I've wanted to go there for a while and I want to go see the baseball stadium, but yeah. maybe we'll take you with us. I will love Talk that. to your new travel agent friends. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I the big premise for this show is just, I, I'm so fascinated by people's creative process. And like, for me, my creativity, it's kind of limited to like my ability to write. Like I, I can't paint. I, I can shoot some photos. I would not consider myself a photographer by any means. And like, I just know that like, for me, my creativity comes a lot from just thinking and being able to write and that kind of stuff. And like, it's a a joy for me to be able to write something or to put words to something. And like, I noticed that if I go for a long time without writing, that I kind of start to feel really antsy. And like, I know for you, like that's photography. And like, I, the the whole premise too for the show was just kind of like the blend of like our faith with creativity. And like, for me, you know, doing this podcast and writing, it's like, I'm trying to like use my creativity and my skills for like something that I feel like is more valuable, which is like sharing my faith. And like, I know that you've kind of had a little bit more of a maturation with your faith that you've gotten a little bit older. And like, I don't know how much of that has played into your photography business or your creativity, but I guess from your perspective, like whenever you think about the growth of your creativity and your process of, you know, maturing as a photographer and kind of how it blends with your faith in your own words, I guess, kind of what is the – how does that intersection look in your in your eyes?
1: I mean, really, I feel like it's all about timing and trusting God with the timing of things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because, I mean, when I started, it was just like something I did for my friends. Mm-hmm. And like in college, like all my friends were getting married like right after college. Yep. And like so like I got a big body of work and like started – um this this business really that it it turned into a business um, from friends of friends and I mean I don't do a lot of marketing which I, I probably should do more of, but I kind of let my work speak for itself and um, my attitude like like basically like people remember me on their wedding day because I try to be as upbeat right. as possible right and like, trusting that and knowing that with this business and because it, you have bad years and you have good years and then like you decide um, I want to charge this much because I feel like I'm doing better and like really trusting that your business will grow
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, throughout the year and I, throughout your years. And to me, like I see my, my faith grow in my business like because i really have to trust that i don't necessarily like get like 20 weddings every year um but like the weddings that i do do i put my heart and soul into them and i do my very best so they know they can tell their friends and family like you guys have to hire lauren like she made my day so much smoother And, like, that's really what I want to come across. Mm -hmm. Um, So really just trusting, like, the timing of everything. Yeah. Um, I would
0: say. You've got a teenage daughter and you're married now. So your schedule is a lot different than it was when you started. (laughs) And, you know, how do you balance, like you said, the more more weddings you do, the more money you make. Yeah. But at the same time, you also want to have a balance and not overwork yourself because people don't realize, like, you shoot a wedding – that's like three weeks to a month and a half of editing for, sure. for one wedding. And yeah. so if you're shooting a wedding three weekends in a row and then you've got a couple shoots mixed in, you know, like a lot of times I think there are probably people and maybe you run into this that they get irritated because they don't get their photos back super, super quickly because yeah. in their mind, that's the only wedding that happened. Right. But, you know, for you, like you, if you're booking weddings back to back to back because you're trying to make some money, you know. That mixed in with the ones that you travel to, like how do you make that all work while also still being a parent and now a wife?
1: I mean, you have to have a planner. I have to write down a to-do list every day and make sure that like I'm getting things done that are like absolutely necessary, um, but also like having time for life. Like, because that's really important. Like, I don't want to be so busy. And I think that towards the middle of my photography business, I was too busy. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't keep my head above water because I was shooting too much. And I realized that that was probably because my prices were a little bit too low. Yeah. And so, like, I was overworking myself to death and I didn't have time really for anything else. Yeah. And I think that um, as you grow and learn in a business, whatever business it might be like you have to value your time and I have to charge like what I'm worth and like it's kind of hard to get to that point because you don't want to charge like a crazy amount of money because like you want to do what you love too and so like to me like you have to value your time you have to have a to-do list and it has to be realistic and I feel that like my couples have really been so gracious with my time because like, I know some photographers feel bad about like posting about going on a trip or posting about doing something other than just editing. And to me, like I-
0: You're still a human. I'm still a human. Yeah, Yeah. This
1: is my job and I have to make sure that I'm like doing this from this time to this time and then like I'm putting it away. Yeah. And then, like, some days, like, I have a deadline and I make sure that, like, maybe I work all day that day, but I don't do that as I don't do that too much and overwork myself. And then, I mean, a lot of photographers get burnt out because they're doing too much. Yeah. And so, having a balance of that and valuing your time and your worth, like, that's important.
0: I think this is a good topic just for anybody who might kind of be their own boss because you don't really answer to anybody I mean nobody's holding you to a deadline except for the I guess the couples but like at the end of the day they're kind of at your mercy I mean like it's kind of a matter of like you know when you can get the the photos done you know but like do you have I guess a better way to put this is like how do you structure your days that you do you set aside days where like hey I'm going to edit from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Oh, for sure. Or et cetera, et cetera. I mean, how do you make sure – you kind of touch on this a little bit, like you have a planner and all that kind of stuff. But like from your perspective, I mean, you can t- talk about your own experience, but then I guess like what advice do you have for other people who might be their own boss? Maybe they're a, a videographer or also a photographer or a writer or something that, you know, they kind of work for themselves. Um, like I had a friend on earlier right – back in December, and he's a woodworker, and he talks about like, you know – however much work he does that's how much he gets paid so if he doesn't do a lot of work he doesn't get paid so it's kind of the same thing where i've got to book a lot of stuff but i also don't want to overbook myself so i guess the question is you know what advice do you have for people that are their own boss and like in terms of staying on a schedule but also um, not overworking yourself to where you don't have a life
1: i mean really i feel like it's just it's about balance and um I work part-time at the coffee shop too, not necessarily because I want to or need to, but like to me, it adds to my life and I love being involved in my community and seeing everyone. And so like, obviously the days that I work at the coffee shop, which is like probably two or three days a week, I don't edit anything at all right? because I'm there. And that's the day that I'm at the coffee shop and I can't work there all day and then come home and work on my computer all day. Like, so there are days where you have to set aside a schedule, just like you would have with every other job. Like you have to set your own schedule and whatever that is, you have to stick to it. And that's, I guess my best advice is just like set, like I mean, when you have your schedule come out for your week, like, with any other job, like, set your week accordingly. Yeah. Like, you have to be your own boss. You have to have um,
0: discipline, Discipline, for
1: sure. And limitations. Like, know your limits. Don't work too much. And when you are at work, be disciplined in working.
0: What's the biggest thing you learned about yourself since you started doing this professionally? I mean, you were very young, relatively speaking when you started to where you're at now. I mean, you've grown a lot as an individual. I mean I guess another way to look at this too is you know if you think back to when you first started, what is something you would have you wish you would have known about either about like kind of what we just talked about in terms of like being disciplined, and that kind of stuff, you know. I guess as a professional, what have you learned about yourself that maybe you didn't know whenever you got into this? That like you grow. I mean, anybody grows during a profession, but from from being your own boss for as long as you have been, so to speak. I mean, obviously you work for the coffee shop and yeah. you have a boss there, but like this is your main job is photography, and then yeah. like, you've been your own boss. You know. So what have you learned the most about yourself from from start until where you're at now? But I guess both professionally and creatively.
1: Yeah. Um. I, creatively, I really have learned that I work best with my film camera because to me, it, it gets my brain in a different mindset and I feel more creative in that way mm-hmm. because I feel like sometimes I shoot too many images when I'm shooting digital, when I can tell the same story and be just more intentional when I'm shooting with a film camera. So I feel like I've learned that about myself creatively. Um, and I want to shoot more film um, as, I, as I keep growing my business. Um, right now I'm basically like hybrid still. Like I do a little of both. Um, I guess like I'm trying to think about what I've learned about myself, not creatively. Okay. It's my personality to think, basically. I feel like I do and I don't think. Yeah. And so um, it's hard to put that, wrap that up in one sentence.
0: You could have two sentences or (laughs) three sentences, however many sentences as you need. (laughs) Stumped I stumped you wow that's the first time I've ever stumped anybody <laughs> on this podcast <laughs> what? Uh,
1: what? I mean guess I mean I I would say that I will probably I mean being more disciplined in my day-to-day work like I wish that I would have started that earlier in my career um and knowing my worth and and going full force into my business like for a long time, like I was afraid to do it solely, like yeah. just photography. I mean like as a single parent, like it's a little scary to like own your own business and try to raise a person by yourself. yeah um, but I wish that I th- would have had more confidence to go out and do exactly what i want and be my own boss and and do it well like i feel like for a long time i, I always needed a part time job just in case and like really trusting myself and, and my skill and just going mhm full fledged i wish i would have done that a mm-hmm. little sooner um
0: That's a so, good answer. Yeah. Yeah. What have you what have you learned the most about God during this process of i guess Maybe from like high school until now, you know, I just, you've probably grown a lot as a person, Um, even just in the, we all grow even every year. But like for you, you know, what, what is your, what is your, I'll ask this in a two part way, I guess. What is your faith journey looked like to where you're at now to like, what would you say has been kind of the biggest thing you've learned about God as you've grown older?
1: I mean, I feel like I, I said a little of this earlier, but definitely just God's timing yeah. is such a huge thing in my life because I have gone through so many ups and downs um, with I had a father who passed away at an early age. Mm-hmm. And like that's really where like my journey of faith began. Um, and then shortly after that, like becoming a teenage mom, and, like, deciding, like, what I wanted for our lives and then moving to Bowling Green with her so I could go to college still. And, like, just, like, trusting God and his timing and really just trusting him completely because, like, I I had, I had to. And, like, of course, growing up and then seeing all my friends get married, like, that was really hard for me, too. Like, I was like – what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I find a partner and mm-hmm. like not finding my partner um, when I thought I was supposed to and yeah. like, really trusting God's timing because like, I mean, I just got married at 35 for the very first time. Like
0: that's yeah. Yeah.
1: not really how it goes in the South. Yeah, And so for a long time, like I was wavering, like why can't I, get all these things that everyone else has and like I'm tired of doing this on my own. Yeah. I I really wanted a partner in life and like to me I just feel like throughout my whole journey of faith God has always been saying like I've I've got this under control like. Yeah. And I mean I I'm so thankful that everything does happen when it's supposed to and in God's timing and not when I want it to happen because like life would have been different. Yeah. Um, And I'm really just thankful for God's timing and, and not my own.
0: I mean, there's so much there because you like, I think for all of us, we do struggle with that. And like I wrote about this on my blog recently, just about like comparison. We see what other people have and we want it. And it's hard to accept that, That's not us, at least not right now. And waiting for God's timing is really hard. And, you know, like growing through your 20s, um, you know, you're trying to run a business. You're being a mom. You're um, still trying to maybe see if I can find a partner for life. I mean, like how hard was it at times to keep? I don't want to say to like keep faith, but like there's times whenever we get a little frustrated and we're, upset that things are happening. I mean, how did you how did you maintain your strength in God during those years when, you know, it was hard. Like it just was life was hard for you, you know? I mean, like there were things that maybe didn't go the way you wanted it to and um you know, I guess how did you how did you maintain that faith that you talk about?
1: I mean, I think that it was just really important. To, I mean, <laughs> without sounding too I don't know. It (laughs) really like just like the church and people, my friends, like having a good group of friends, like Mm -hmm. really to come alongside you. Like that is so important. And if I didn't have them, then I wouldn't have, I would have definitely been like, this isn't for me anymore. I'm tired of this. Yeah. Like, I'm not seeing any fruit or like, there. I mean, of course there are dips and there are rocks and and
0: peaks and valleys. Peaks
1: and valleys. <laughs>
0: and rivers and lakes, lakes and
1: and having a good core group of friends and and a church, um, I think is what got me through those times. Yeah. Like because there were definitely some. Scary times. And I'm just thankful for those people that God placed in my life that helped me along my way.
0: Yeah. What have you learned about marriage so far? I guess first, how has marriage been? Because you guys got married not that long ago. Wow. And um, it's
1: only been three months. Only been
0: three months. So what has it been like for you uh, in these first three months of marriage?
1: It's been pretty incredible. Um, I mean, I have never really had a roommate. My whole entire life, except for one that um, only asked for money and, <laughs> and made a mess,
0: <laughs> and asked you to make to dinner, of. and yeah,
1: yeah, and um, so it's been really fun to just enjoy life together, like everyday things. Um, it's just like I don't know. It's, it's something that I really never experienced. Like in in our relationship, um, I feel like we have so much to learn and grow and I'm just so excited about it. Like I know it's only been three months, but I'm just so excited to live a life with someone every day and then big things and small things and someone I can talk to Mm -hmm. and someone that I can trust and someone that I can lean on. Mm
0: -hmm. And I mean, you guys have a a pretty unique situation because your daughter's, a teenager and Tyler's 30 and it's like you know it's just not your typical uh setup that you see how do you guys make that work to where I mean like I guess in another way like how has he been as a father for your daughter who is a, t- a teenager now
1: <laughs> almost grown I yeah. mean she'll be 18 in two months yeah. which is insane um but like I mean to go back to. He's God's, in the other room
0: listening. He's waiting to hear your answer. That's so. true.
1: <laughs> to go back to God's timing, really, like I believe that Tyler and I were like, of course, we're gonna like
0: be adamant about making
1: our relationship work, and not just being like, "Oh, we were meant to be" or whatever. Yeah. But like I honestly believe that we were meant to be. Yeah. His sister was also a young mother, and he saw that. Growing up, and he knows what the struggle is. And, like, I think that that really helps our relationship mm-hmm. and his relationship with Faith. And Faith is my daughter's name, by the way, not yeah. just Faith. Yes. But <laughs> and so, like, I really think that, like, everything happened for a reason. And, like, we're meant to be together. And his experience, plus, his, plus my experiences, work together better for our relationship
0: i guess i never thought about that is that is there a reason for your daughter's name being faith i mean is there did you just like the name or was there an actual like reason for it
1: i i mean without getting into like a whole nother podcast but like (laughs) there were circumstances that surrounded um when she was born and all of that and like to me like I had to have faith that everything was going to work out the way that it was supposed to.
0: Yeah.
1: And because it was, like, such a difficult situation for, you know, a 17-year-old mother. And I was like, I'm not sure if I can do this. Yeah. But, like, I have to have faith that this is going to work out. Yeah. And so far it has. I mean, of course, raising a teenager is not easy.
0: Yeah, I'm not Uh. looking forward to that eventually. (laughs) I it's told Emily well, if we ever have kids, I'd like to just skip the teenage years, yeah. go straight from like twelve to twenty. Yeah, just skip all the teenage years.
1: I wish I could do that. Yeah, <laughs> I taught
0: high school kids for three years, and I was like, I don't want to have teenagers. I love them, but I was like, man, yeah. teenage. I, I remember how much of a brat I was as a exactly. teenager. Like I was such a brat, so I do not want to have to deal with teenagers. <laughs> there
1: are days where I I, I am like. I get so frustrated and then I just have to think like she'll understand one day because now I'm in that situation and I'm like wow, I was so terrible to my mother. Yeah. Like how does she even still love me? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think most parents understand though. Like when we were teenagers, we don't see it. Like I've been reading a lot about this, just like the idea of like the Bible talks about having a childlike faith. And it's because whenever when we're children, we don't question like the I don't want to say sovereignty, but like we trust that our parents know what's best for us. You know, if we ask our parents, like, should I be scared of this? They say no. We're like, okay, my dad said, no, I shouldn't be scared of it. Well, as we get older, we start to question their uh, intellectual integrity and that's it's true. the same it's the same thing that we do as Christians with God and I've, I've been really fascinated to learn about this aspect where you know when you when you go through your teenage years the way that we are toward our parents is often how as we get older how we are toward God and that's true. why the Bible says to have childlike faith and it's not like like I'm actually reading a book it's called Growing Down and it's about unlearning the patterns of adulthood to make us more like children in the eyes of God basically and that's like talking about you know the the faith that we need to have as children where we just trust and that's kind of like what faith is in the bible where like we don't know everything and you know we don't need to know everything we just need to trust god and i think it's interesting to look at that like also through the lens of like child development like i don't have any kids yet but i feel like most parents are kind of of the mindset that like they understand they don't, they may not like it but they understand that their kids when they're teenagers are going through a period where like they think they know everything and they don't trust you at all. Yeah. So I can only imagine what that's been like to be and, a I mean, mother of a parent even, or a mother of a teenager.
1: Yeah, and even in my journey of faith, like, there are times where you have to let go and trust that God is in control of everything. Even, like, where my daughter is or who she is with or, like, if like is she in a car? Will she get in a car wreck? I mean – there are times where I have to, like, really stop myself, even though it's so hard. Like, I'm not in control, and me, I, I have no control over the situation, yeah. really. Like, and, and trusting, again, that God is in control, and He will handle the situation. And yeah. and it's really hard, as because we, as a parent... I've been in charge this whole time and like I've been in control and I have to worry about her safety and like to me like in this time it's been it's like so push and pull like when to be like no or then I have to let her make her own mistakes too and like that's such a hard thing to go through as a parent.
0: Yep, I cannot imagine. I'm going to be,
1: I told Emily, I already
0: told her, I was like, I'm going to be, like, if we ever have a daughter, I already know that I'm going to be way overprotective. Because I remember how I was as a teenage boy. And I'm like, I, and there were people that were far worse people than I was as a teenage boy. And I'm just like, I do not want any teenage boys ever touching my daughter if that ever happens, you know, if I ever have a daughter. But yeah, yeah I mean, you, like, I remember though as as a, as a, teenage boy I learned the most when I made my own mistakes Yeah, and you know I, my, my parents were, were hard on me too but at the same time I did enough stuff to make my own mistakes and yeah. I learned from those because I realized like especially when I went to college whenever I was really on my own to like man nobody's telling me to do my homework nobody's telling me to go to class And if I don't go, I mean, all the times, like whenever your parents are nagging on you as a kid, you don't want to do something, then you're on your own. You're kind of like, okay, like I'm going to feel bad if I don't do this because I know that I'm supposed to do this. So, yeah, I'm curious about like even whenever, you know, say we had a kid next year, like 15 years from now, like when they were the kids a teenager, um, things will be different. So I'm just curious how life and culture will change because like who knows if Instagram or social media will be around whenever my kids are teenagers, you know, I'm sure it'll be something else. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be something else. That's probably far worse than whatever (laughs) they're going through now. So yeah. Um, The last question I always like to ask people and we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but you know, you do stay really, really busy. Um, What do you personally, and I guess you and Tyler as well, what do you guys do just to make sure that you have some balance in your life so that you're not always in such a rush or like in such a hurry?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that that is so important um, now-a-days. Yeah. Not to sound like a geezer, but... Um, you live in the
0: South, so... Yeah.
1: I mean, it, it's really important to take care of yourself. And to me, like, one of my goals this year was to, like, do more things for myself, like, more self-care. Mm-hmm. And to me, like, it's really important to slow down and treat myself, like... I'm on my feet a lot when I take weddings, when I shoot weddings, and um, it's really hard on my body. Mm -hmm. It's really hard on my body to sit at the chair every day, in and out, and edit photos all day. And so, like, I like to really slow down and have, like, a me day, and I get a massage. Go get your nails done. facial. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like... Emily can
0: give you a really good recommendation on somebody to do a facial. She just got one... And said that it was, like, the best thing she's ever experienced. So...
1: Yeah. I'm,
0: some, like, really holistic woman that, like, like uses beauty counter products yes, and all kinds of other holistic stuff. So...
1: Yeah.
0: Ask Emily. She'll give I you the will. recommendation.
1: But I think that that's really important. And, like, I love to travel. And, like, to me, setting at least one trip a year. Like Like, yeah. um, with either that's with a group of friends, which, like, last year we... Tyler and I went to Colorado with a group of his friends and like, or, and like this year we are planning a trip, um, hopefully to Greece.
0: We'll Um, we'll come with you guys. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But like, just to slow down and take time for yourself. Like, I think that that's really important that you invest in yourself as much as you're investing in like other people. Like you got to take time for yourself.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, Lauren, thank you so much. Always fun to talk to you and hang out with you. Yeah. Always grateful for our photos too. So I'm sure that we'll.
1: I am grateful that you all have trusted me so many years. Like I'm glad that we've grown into a friendship. Like, dude, yeah. like to me, like that's really important for my business Is Like I'm making friends too. Like, lifelong friends. Oh, that Emily's been
0: probably. talking already about the chameleon game that you guys brought over. Like <laughs> yeah. she wants to play it again. So <gasps> I can't wait. Yeah. So you guys have to come this over. Week. Yeah. All right. We'll do it. It's
1: only Monday. That's
0: right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. We'll, uh, will end it there. Okay. All right. Isn't she great. I just really love talking to Lauren and We've really enjoyed hanging out with her and her husband. Truly. It's been such a blast since we've moved back to Bowling Green to have some friends to hang out with and, uh, very easy to get along with. So that's been a lot of fun for us, but seriously, if you are living in this region and really it doesn't even matter if you're in this region or anywhere, um, check out Lauren's photography, Instagram. I will have a link in the show episode notes, photography by Lauren. Seriously. I, I, I know that she's my friend, but truly I cannot recommend her photos enough. I mean, we were blown away by the photos that we had at our wedding and our engagement photos and other shoots that we've done. Just so thankful that we have those as memories. So if you're looking for somebody to shoot your wedding or or any sort of photos that you might need, give Lauren a call, Um, especially if you live in this area, in the Bowling Green, Nashville area, make sure that you check her out. So I'll have her Instagram, her website, all of her info in the episode notes please make sure that you reach out to her let her know that you enjoyed hearing her on this episode hey there is a new instagram for this podcast in no hurry podcast make sure that you check that out give it a follow i post videos with audio clips from each episode with some transcription so you can see the words and all of that good stuff so um, make sure that you give that a follow you can also give me a follow Claiborne on Instagram. I would love to connect with you. You can also send me an email in no hurry at coleclaiborne.com. I would love to know your thoughts on this episode or any of the other episodes so far. If you've listened and have been enjoying this show, also please make sure that you rate the show. It really does help other people find this podcast and know that Uh, it's a podcast that they might also want to listen to. So it feels weird to ask to do that, but surely if you have been listening and you've enjoyed this show, if you don't mind taking the time to leave a review on the Apple Podcasts podcast app, it's a lot to say, and let people know what you've enjoyed about this show so far. But thank you guys for listening. I really have enjoyed doing this and make sure that you give a follow to that Instagram, connect with me there or on my personal one. And I would love to hear from you guys. But I hope you guys have a great week. Find some time to relax and not be in a hurry. And we will catch you next week.